This episode is brought to you with support from BetterHelp. When you're feeling your best, things just seem to flow. You're able to see things clearly and meet the challenges that inevitably come in life. But sometimes life throws a curveball, or you may feel overwhelmed, or you're just not showing up the way you want to. Something needs to change, and you can't do it alone. Working with a therapist can help in all sorts of ways, from learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, how to navigate healthy relationships, to how to feel like the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com nocturne today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash nocturne. Hey there, it's Vanessa. I have a favor to ask. Have you ever been at home or somewhere else late at night and you heard a noise you couldn't identify or explain? I have, and it was unnerving. I want to hear about your experience with the mysterious sound in the night for an upcoming episode of Nocturne. So as soon as you're done listening to this episode, or even before, call me at 510-982-6959 and leave a message describing the sound, how you felt about it, what you did about it, and if you ever figured out what it was. Bonus points if you can recreate the sound using your voice. Again, that's 510-982-6959. Or send me a voice recording by email to vanessa at nocturnepodcast.org. Thanks. You're listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. There are something like 4,000 strip clubs in the United States, with estimated revenue exceeding $7 billion a year. Despite this, and not surprisingly, many strippers and exotic dancers don't have a lot of labor protections or quote-unquote perks like childcare, paid time off, or access to healthy meals. In fact, many of us have never even thought about working conditions for people in the sex worker community. Basic labor rights is something that the sex workers industry is uh, still kind of falling behind on. I believe the price of the lap dance hasn't changed in over 30 or 40 years. I'm Nikisa Newton, and I'm chef and owner of Meals for Heels. According to Nikisa, Meals for Heels is the only meal delivery service that caters to the late-night sex worker community. File under professions I previously didn't know existed. Living in Portland, it's known for its strip clubs. It's known as Strip City. There's over 70-plus strip clubs in Portland. And being that it has a very innovative and bustling food scene with the carts and with pop-ups and with James Beard-awarded restaurants here in the city, I just basically, you know, did the math and put two and two together. Nikisa saw a need and jumped in to fill it. I mean, if you look at a dancer, their job is, I mean, hella physically demanding. I mean, most of them, when they get done with their set, are usually sweating, have a little sweat on them. I mean, they're putting their bodies through a lot just to perform on stage. And with that, I would think, you know, they're burning up all that energy, all those calories, that they would like to eat something healthy. I first spoke with Nikisa in late 2019, shortly after she started the business as a scrappy one-person operation. 
Before I could produce this episode, the pandemic hit, and I shelved it until now, as strip clubs are finally coming back to life. Back then, she offered four basic meals to dancers at the strip clubs of Portland. The I like to cha-cha, the freaking vegan, the verbal tipper, and the GTP, which is getting that paper. Those last two meals are named very specifically for her target patrons. Paper is money, cheese, cheddar, stacks, and these, most of the women or men who are sex workers, they're, they're working, they're hustling, they're working just like anybody else, and so they're getting that paper just like anybody else would at work. The verbal tipper is my experience when, uh, when I was in kitchens or working in bars is uh, when a customer who's like, oh, oh, your eyes are beautiful, this, that, and this, you make an excellent drink, or that was a great dance, and then when it comes time to tip, that was their tip. They don't actually put down money, because, you know, we do work for money. Uh, they, they give you a verbal tip instead of actual dollar bills. Recently, Nikisa has added two newer meals, the Magic City and the Money Bag, as well as an occasional special when she can work it in. Nikisa's initial inspiration for Meals for Heels was an ex-partner who worked as a stripper. Spending time at the nightclub where her girlfriend worked, Nikisa was struck by the emotional and physical toil of the job. She watched in dismay as her partner and her fellow dancers wolfed down greasy food because that was the only option available late at night. I was dating someone who was going to school full-time. She was also interning, and then she danced to pay for school. In her downtime, when we'd hang out, she often had to choose between either taking a nap, getting ready for work, doing homework, or making food. So whether you want to call it my form of love language, I would often prepare the meals. You know, I was just trying to, you know, be a good partner to her. So there's a couple of occasions where she asked if I could bring her food to the club because she was working late. And I did. And her coworkers took notice. You know, they asked her, like, girl, what is that? What are you eating? Where'd you get that from? And she, you know, she told her girlfriend made it and dropped it off. And so I just kind of thought, you know, I thought that would work. I'm like, this is Portland, Oregon. We are a strip club, capital of the United States, other adult industries all over the place that I wouldn't have to be necessarily in every strip club if I can just get, you know, X amount. I think this could work. And so I kind of sat on the idea for a while. We broke up. And I think just trying to get myself back together, get back on my feet, I, I went with it. You know, I had a job I was at that I didn't really enjoy. Um, I actually got fired from it. And that literally was the catalyst. It sounds like a movie, but I remember I was getting out of the shower. My boss at the time called me to fire me. And I like cleared off the, the foggy mirror. And I was just like, all right, it's, you know, I literally was like, it's go time. I'm going to go, go down to MISO, which is the Micro Entrepreneur Services of Oregon, which is a nonprofit that helps people who have businesses or start businesses. And I got the ball rolling, you know, filed my business name, paid the $100 to the state of Oregon and just went after it. I mean, you can say the rest is history. You know, there's no other business like Meals for Hills right now. I believe in the United States, maybe the world. Putting her menu together, Nikisa looked at what was on offer at most strip clubs, a lot of heavy fried food geared to the mostly male clientele, and thought about what a dancer really needed for the physically demanding late night work. Who wants to eat fried food that late? Who wants to eat fried food when they have to you know, be physical and work? Even with Uber Eats and Delivery Dudes and all these other services, you still have to have an establishment that's open. The bars will serve food, but a lot of these restaurants and businesses close around 9, 10 p.m. in Portland. So that reduces your chances of getting a healthy meal late night. And that doesn't cost a fortune as well. And being also that a lot of them can't leave when they're at work or even have vehicles. I just, I thought they deserve to have something healthy to eat late night. 
So I just, you know, filled in that void. And so when I curated and put together the menu, I just wanted to keep in mind that uh, one, they're at work. Two, I want my meals to be also be able to sustain because, you know, I know some of them have to be on stage and they have to sometimes, you know, obviously hustle and try to get dances or just clientele want to talk to them. So you want strong, sturdy, leafy greens or you want light flavors, too, like because I know they're going to have to be very intimate with the customers and you don't want garlic and onion on your breath. You want to eat something at work and not you know, worry about if it's going to, you know, make my stomach queasy, if it's going to breathe through my skin. But also they're going to eat it late at night. They could either while they're on shift or they might eat it after the bar closes at 2.33. So, you know, you want to go to bed feeling good. That was that was the main. Just keeping it light and healthy. You know, it's, it's energizing, it's nourishing and it's delicious. Nikisa's impulse to fill the void of late night nutritious food for sex workers is for her a form of activism taking care of people who society overlooks or deems unworthy of full consideration. Yeah, feeding people is a form of activism. Food does so much for you. It's not just something to eat. You know, I mean, it provides energy, sustenance. I mean, it brings communities together. And also, that could be the highlight of someone's day. And then, you know, you're putting your time, and I put myself into my food, and... That's uh, sometimes that can be like an invaluable thing is to give a piece of you or give up your time to someone else. Meals for Heels and feeding marginalized groups in general is also a way of fighting against larger societal injustice. Yeah, I think that goes with my you know identity. I think anything that goes against white supremacy, being black and queer, running my own business that's geared towards the sex worker community and other community activism is exactly what's up. That's not what the man wants me to do. So I've worked with several different groups, PDX Free Fridge, PDX Free Lunch Collective, Don't Shoot PDX. There's just a long list of community and civic groups here in Portland that I've worked with, whether we're feeding people or we're just getting a face or a voice out there. In a world where the nutritional needs of sex workers is not given much consideration, Nikisa feeds strippers and others the most scrumptious, healthy things she can think of, and the opposite of what's generally available after 10 p.m. in Portland. So what, sweet potatoes are a complex carb, and that's, that's a good, you know, carb to burn. Kale is light, it's filling, but it's light, it's not going to bog you down. And, you know, brown rice is good for you as well, compared to white rice. So it's just like these little things just to keep like sugars low and using natural organic ingredients. Mama meals start with a base of massaged kale, which is kale, salt, pepper, lemon juice, and olive oil. And um, I massage it to one, to make it less bitter, and two, to break it down and make it easier to digest. I use curly kale, I use laconado kale, or whatever kale the farmer's market has available. So the, I like to cha-cha, is basically a southwestern take. I make a house-made salsa, the Tillamook cheese on there. There'll be a green brown rice, which is just a brown rice I, I cook in a green salsa that I make. And citrus slaw, which is the same thing, a slaw that I make in-house. I use kiwi fruit to sweeten it, and a little vinegar, salt, pepper, carrots, and cabbage. On top of that will be some black olives and salsa lozano, which is this amazing, super savory, not hot sauce from Costa Rica when I travel down there. You find it on almost every other table. It's delicious. It's just pureed vegetables and spices. And then I do crushed Juanita's chips, which are tortilla chips that are, I think, probably just known around this area. And then some avo smash, which is just avo, salt, pepper, and lime juice. 
and then top it with some cilantro and some Mexican spices. And then uh, the freaking vegan is um, plantains, apples, sweet potatoes that I roast, but I rub them in lime juice and a little curry powder. And then that will go on the bed of massage kale and then some green brown rice and salsa lozano and crispy quinoa will finish that meal. The verbal tipper is lemon pepper couscous, massage kale, uh, jardinier, which is Italian pickled vegetables, marinated artichokes, uh, I do cotija cheese instead of feta cheese, and then a balsamic drizzle finishes that meal. And then the GTP, which is getting that paper, is my take on kind of like a, a, a vegan larb. And so I'll roast cauliflower in a tom kha seasoning, and that will go on massage kale, and then I'll do sweet potato noodles, which are these springy... Um, Nikiza is a uh, chef, first and foremost. But with Meals for Heels, she didn't just find and fill a niche. Who she feeds is important to her, beyond just what they're eating. And when it comes down to, we all probably know someone who is a sex worker. We just don't know it. You know what I mean? And that isn't really any of our business either way. I think when people hear the term sex worker, they automatically think something illegal or prostitution of some sorts. But that's their own ignorance. It's, it's a huge umbrella. I guess that's what the symbol is for sex worker is a red umbrella. But we're talking about the 70 plus strip clubs in Portland, so that'd be dancers. We're talking about, um, they also have private lingerie shows, which are private lingerie shows. I'm not actually quite sure what goes on there, but uh, I mean, I believe that's under the sex worker umbrella. Um, that can be cam work, that can be dominatrix, that could be erotic massages, that could be sub-dom relationships, power play, sugar daddies, stuff like that. Sex work is everywhere and it's it shouldn't be stigmatized like it is, especially against the women all around the world when it's about, for me personally, it's, it's about supply and demand. If the demand wasn't there, then some of these women wouldn't have to uh, be in the industry. And it's also not, they're not forced. Some of these women are choosing to be in this industry as well. I mean, I don't want to be the face. I'm not the face of sex workers. I'm not a sex worker. I'm a chef. So I don't, I don't ever want to speak for them. But I mean, I just have a lot of friends that were in the industry or that currently are in the industry, whether they were bouncers or bartenders or uh, cocktailers or, or dancers. So I'm just trying to do my little part. I'm trying to feed them. I mean, they deserve to eat like anybody else. It's been gratifying for Nikisa to merge her love for cooking with nurturing people in this late night community. And any true chef will tell you that the feedback from a happy diner is everything. I, I'd say anytime I walk in, my patrons, their face, they light up, their whole body almost just perks up. And they're just excited to see me as I am excited to have someone eat what I made and put you know myself into. So, I mean, that always feels good. I mean, I don't get like sad faces when I walk in. So obviously excitement, whether it's just like they're hungry or they're ready to eat the food or they know how good the food's gonna be, you know, et cetera. So I try not to keep them waiting because nobody likes to be hangry. I feel like it's a, you know, a very close knit community and I'm, I'm just, you know, a fly on the wall. I'm on the outside looking in, but I appreciate the fact that, you know, they've, they've let me put my little foot in the door a little bit. Word of Meals for Heels has spread way beyond the Portland sex worker scene. 
I get messages almost every day or every other day from all over the world of usually women thanking me for what I do and wanting to have Meals for Hills in their area. I would love to expand franchise. Ideally, it would be cool to have Meals for Hills be owned and ran by sex workers as a co-op, maybe. They can you know, buy into it. Each one could uh, be ran by the sex workers in that area. And whether they have like some of the basic mini items or different mini items, it'd be cool if they you know, had control of that aspect. As well as personally just wanting to put 10 to 12 or 15% of revenue back into different communities of marginalized groups, whether that's black women's health or that's trans rights or that's uh, immigration rights or sex worker rights, I'd like to personally try to have that as like a business model. Food has always played a big role in Nikisa's life. Growing up, she had exposure from an early age to cuisine and cooking methods all around the world. As an adult, it felt natural to move into professionally working in the food industry. Growing up, my dad was, he was in the Air Force for over 20 years, and my mom's from Georgia. And so, you know, my dad cooked one way, my mom cooked another way, on top of us living in Japan, living in Portugal, um, living in Arizona, living in California. It was just like a nice medley of uh, different, I guess, food cultures. And so, especially in Japan, you know, I was old enough to be present and remember, you know, trying all these different foods and flavors and it just shaped my, I guess, view on the world, what I eat today. You know, there's always, there's always like ramen or, you know, Japanese uh, furikake, togarashi, you know, mirin sta- are staples in my pantry at home. And uh, I, I definitely took my growing up around food and my own personal experiences of traveling. I just kind of went with it and uh, used what was close to my heart, you know. Professionally, I probably started, I think that was when I was in North Dakota. So maybe when I was, I think like 20, 22, 24, something like that, in a kitchen in North Dakota, I had a female chef who had a Chicago gangland theme restaurant. So the, the servers would dress up, you know, in suits and have Tommy guns, flapper dresses. We're doing lobster tails, steak with seven courses. That's, that's probably where I got my first start in the kitchen. And then um, I moved out to Portland and just stayed and worked in different kitchens from high-end catering to high-end restaurants to mom and pops to food trucks. Yeah, and everything in between. Nikisa's identity as a Black woman working in restaurants and other professional kitchens was a big factor in her pivot towards starting her own business. I personally feel definitely as a black woman that underappreciated. I, I work twice as hard as some of these men, and my standard, I feel personally, is higher than a lot of these men that I work with in the kitchen. Like, I get people have two different ideas, a clean or, or this, that, and this, but I mean, um, I just, I work twice as hard and don't get half the credit. And, um, you know what I mean? I just, that gets, that gets old. So why am I going to work hard for this other person? and not get any you know, credit for it or get it promoted or get a raise or, you know what I mean, and break my back and stress and all that stuff like that when I can just go work just as hard for myself and, and do it right and do it the way I, I like it to my standard. Nikisa's passion and grit have been paying off and also extending beyond strip clubs into daytime catering for local businesses and nonprofits and some of the other branches of the sex worker industry around Portland. The jobs are not boring. I've done a photo shoot for just some item that actually I didn't know what it was about. They wouldn't allow me to have my cell phone, but it was a very high-end item in a very swanky 
almost Portlandia, wine and candy looking office space with no walls and hip hop music and everybody was beautiful and dressed really nice and cool. And I have also catered an adult film set. I've done photo shoots for dancers. Recently at a photo shoot, um, when, I, when I came in originally, it was a more, I guess, uh, 1950s, really conservative uh, theme. They're shooting in the kitchen and whatnot, and the particular person was in a dress, a nice like 1950s looking dress, and then after I set up the food and a couple minutes went by, uh, the next scene was you know, absolutely different. It was like hot tub and it was a very scantily clad and we all kind of just, you know, just like, whoa, like that was a complete 360. Um, and uh, I don't know, I mean, she was beautiful regardless. I mean, everything looked great on her. That was just one of those contrast moments where it's just like, I'm really glad this is the industry I chose to be in and I can't believe this is my life. I feel very grateful and lucky for what I do because they're very appreciative and grateful for what I do. But also, I mean, I don't have to wear a suit and tie. I can come as is. I can make my own hours. I get to be on, you know, different types of sets, different type of atmosphere, different type of people. I like that, you know, the fact that people are comfortable with their bodies. You know what I mean? That says a lot, whether it's, you know, for self-image and self-esteem and for women doing their own things, whether they're behind the camera or in front of the camera. It's, um, it's nice to see that. And also, I'd say their community within community, like how they treat each other and how it's like a tight, you know, knit group. While the workers at strip clubs and film sets often feel like family to Nikisa, she's clear that Meals for Heels is a business. Whether I'm on a photo shoot or at an adult film shoot, I mean, there's, there's this natural professionalism and respect you know what I mean? Obviously that you give to each other when you walk into a scene like that. But there's also, it's it's very relaxed and at ease. Whether a dancer is like, hey, you can come sit at the rack. And I'm like, no, I want to retain some type of professionalism. I mean, and then you're obviously dealing with nudity. It's just, I don't know, I feel like it's unspoken respect on both sides. And also just handling money too, you know, service and goods and whatnot. Nikisa's day-to-day business activities look a lot like those of any scrappy, successful food entrepreneur. Mostly. Uh, Wednesdays, I go to a farmer's market and pick up organic produce or go attend events that are either sex worker themed or anything that will, you know, help put Meals for Hills out there. Yeah, just, just, I don't know, try to volunteer my time as well with different local groups. Typically, I will go to a meeting with my business advisor. I will meet up with farmers. I'll go out to the farm and go talk with them, see if they have anything that I can pick up. I'll meet up with people who want to collaborate, whether it's photography or interviews or people who want to help out some way for Meals for Heels. And then in the evenings, I usually sometimes have orders during the week or, yeah, I'll start prepping. Last night I did a bunch of pickled red onions. These days there are a couple of part-time employees who help with food prep and taking orders. But Nikisa still does everything else, including all the nighttime deliveries to dancers at strip clubs. It's important to her to connect with the people who eat her food. When I can, I definitely want to meet who I'm serving and, you know, talk with them and touch base with them. Just building a bond, you know what I mean? 
there's definitely times if, if I'm not too busy to stop and hang out. One, uh, I would like to get compensated. Two, I like to meet who I'm delivering to as well. But um, also it's busy at a club, so I don't want to slow down their hustle or maybe they're in the back, etc. Or just it, there could be a line and the bouncer doesn't want to deal with me, so I'll just hand him the food or the money's there. But I mean, I put a lot of care into my food and what I make, and so I appreciate the human aspect to it. And I appreciate them choosing to, you know, where they put their money, because that's a big, that's a big deal. You know, they're taking a chance on me if they haven't had my food yet. Even, even though, you know, it's definitely delicious and it's been praised, I appreciate them. Doing all the deliveries adds a personal connection to her meal service, but it makes for long days. Fortunately, Nikisa is a self-identified night owl. My deliveries usually, I'd say, range from like, you know, anytime in the evening, 7, 8 p.m., on to like 1 a.m. during the week. And then on the weekends, I'm usually out till 3 a.m. I'm a creature of the night, so just, you know, it's, it's a nice cover, the darkness. You know, most clubs, obviously, there's low lighting, it's dark in there, red light. It just, I don't know, you can get away with more, have more fun. People relax a little bit more at night. While she enjoys the night, Nikisa's also practical while she's working. I take my precautions to stay safe, whether I need something on me or if I just keep myself aware and looking around. I personally feel safe doing what I do. I think my stature, my experience in some martial arts, and just, like I said, just you know, being aware of my surroundings. I'm not you know, flashing money. I'm putting my money away when I get it and I get to my vehicle as quick as I can and just stay, stay aware. I mean, I could be a target, but I mean, I'm not going down without a fight. If someone wants to challenge me or try to take what I got, then I mean, I'm going to fight for it. But yeah, I mean, I feel safe personally. In an age when traditional restaurants and their practices are being called into question, Think news reports of the misogynist and abusive practices in high-end kitchens and shows like The Bear and The Menu. Meals for Heels is the polar opposite. Nikisa is passionate about her food, but she's also passionate about feeding the people you won't find at Noma or French Laundry. And she cares about doing good. When I get opportunities, which I will soon, working particularly with the trans and queer and BI, POC, and disabled houseless community, I look forward to doing events like that and working with different groups and feeding them as well. I think it just kind of coincides with my, I'd say my natural instinct to want to take care of people. I was shocked to find out that there isn't any services available like Meals for Hills. And I mean, ah, just a form of caring, you know what I mean? Taking care of community on different levels. I don't know, it's just a simple, basic thing. I think whether they're sex worker or an EMT or the Uber driver or the five-year-old kid at the playground, we should all have access to healthy food. You know what I mean? It's America. You've been listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music. If you'd like to find out more about Nocturne, visit our website at nocturnepodcast.org, where you can see the beautiful original artwork for each episode. There's a link for Meals for Heels in the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to support Nocturne, which would make me so happy, go to patreon.com slash nocturnepodcast. You can also go to nocturnepodcast.org slash support for our PayPal link. Nocturne is a proud member of Hub & Spoke Audio Collective, a group of smart, well-crafted, independent podcasts. One of those podcasts is called Iconography. 
It's a tour of the icons, real and imagined, that define our sense of place and our understanding of the culture itself. Listen to Iconography wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out all the other shows in Hub and Spoke at hubspokeaudio.org. Till next time, thanks for listening.